0: One question for you what is up randy not a whole lot man just pumped for this u.s american open god coming up. i know i know we're, we're gonna keep calling it that uh as a form of protest for the euros who get all hot and bothered every time we call the open championship the british open which we will continue to do yeah so from now henceforth it's the u.s american open
1: well hey i think i think we've put together another cracker of a show Um, if I do say so myself. We wanted to do something a little bit different with our preview. You know, I think you can read about Shinnecock, you can kind of get a sense of the main guys in the field other places. What we wanted to do with this was kind of highlight some of the guys on the periphery. And so our show is uh, four separate kind of 10 to 12 minute interviews with different guys. Uh, We have a grizzled vet, we have uh, a newly turned pro playing in his first US Open, we have an amateur competing, and then we have a guy who's an alternate. So I, I think each guy will kind of bring a unique perspective uh, just in terms of their preparation, their mindset, uh, their experiences at qualifying, etc.
0: Yeah, I think we, we were keenly focused on where they qualified, why they choose that site, how many times they try to qualify, what their personal history with the US Open is. Uh, and then afterwards, we'll have some takes for you guys, too. So
1: well, let's dive right into yeah. it, shall we?
0: Let's do it, man.
1: All right. Our first interview is with Richie Ramsey. He is a Scot, he's from Scotland.
0: He's <laughs> so we, we put subtitles on the podcast for you guys. Yeah. They're down at the bottom of the screen for you. Uh, he joined us from Aberdeen. Uh, he's sitting the shot clock masters out this week, prepping for the for the U.S. Open. So just quick quick history.
1: Uh, Richie actually won the two thousand six U.S.A.M. at Hazeltine. He's a three time Euro Tour winner. He'll be competing. This will be his third U.S. Open and thirteenth major overall. Uh, he has not made the cut in either of his two previous U.S. Opens.
0: But he did make the cut. He finished T twenty two at Birkdale last year at the British Open. So he's looking to build on that. Um, Kind of a solid, if unspectacular year thus far. So, we'll turn it over to uh, Richie here. Are you at the Shot Clock Masters? <laughs>
2: I'm a, I'm a fuck. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> so you're just at home? You, yeah, yeah. Just, okay.
2: um, just spend some time with family. Coming out to, I'm coming out to Long Island on Saturday with them. I guess first,
0: first of all, first and foremost. Welcome, to the Trap Drop Podcast, Richie. Um, you qualified for Trinacock at the uh, at Walton Heath, correct?
2: Yep, yep. Second year in a row.
0: Tell me about that uh, that qualifying site. What's the scene there? Uh,
2: it's a pretty cool course, old course, Heath Heathland, two courses, um, and it's a great. Place to go and qualify um, mainly because it mirrors as much as you can U.S. Open conditions. I mean, it normally plays quite bouncy, and you have to hit it straight. There's like heather and like jungle, which is you know jungle. jungle, I mean, is like three foot high, rough off the sides of the fairways. So um, it suits my game, and uh, it's a it's a great site to go qualify and, and try and get a spot.
0: Nothing reminds me of the U.S. Open like 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 talking about jungle and 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 uh, jungle cats too the big jungle <laughs> the jungle big jungle birds. bird too you know yeah so uh, have you played Shinnecock before?
2: Uh I played it once, a long time ago, and I actually played it after my first U.S. Open at Oakmont. I, I've got a good friend who lives out there, and we went to play um, in '07. Um, and it was really cool, like just old school sort of vibe, you know, clubhouse just nestled on top of the hill and overlooking the whole property. Um, and Long Island, I didn't, I'd never been to Long Island before. Really cool spot, really kind of relaxed sort of vibe, you know, beaches always close. Um, just, just a really cool spot to hang out.
0: What's your plan? When are you, when are you flying over and, and kind of where are you staying, all that
2: stuff? Is that... Um, Well, I'm coming in. I'm flying out on Saturday just to get in mm-hmm. early, get a, get a feel for it. That, uh, my wife, Angela, my, my daughter, Olivia, who's just over two, she's coming out. Um, but we've been really, really lucky. Uh, I carried for a guy called Dick Gilbert from New York about almost 20 years ago and uh we kept in contact um and you know he helped me when i first turned pro when i didn't really have any help and he supported me um and then he you know we go and see him in new york and he was end up being an usher at my wedding um sort of long story short he uh he's got a house about 10 or 15 minutes from the golf course so um we're gonna stay with him nice uh which is pretty cool he's very chilled out, good golfer, um, and it'd be cool to have him sort of come along and walk the fairways and just see me playing a, play a major because he hasn't been out and had the opportunity before, so um, that would be pretty sweet.
0: That's awesome. So you caddied for him back in Scotland?
2: Yeah, he, uh, when I was about 16, caddied for him at Royal Aberdeen, um, my home course, and uh, he had this scottie cameron like futura putter mickelson used it a long long time ago it looks like a spaceship
0: uh, i've got personal experience with that randy will tell you i, I hit some of the worst putts <laughs> possibly ever with that thing we called it, call it the satellite dish it no? was my favorite putter tron's
2: had. <laughs> um so he had this putter and and uh, you know after he Toll out, I, I kind of like hit a couple of putts with, it and he's like, Oh, are you a, a decent player? And I was like, Um, I'm all right. Anyway, the caddies like said afterwards, They're like, No, Richie's he's not bad, he's kind of just being a bit modest. Anyway, he's like, You know, if you like that putter, I'll buy you one. And I'm like, Well, that's you no know, Scotty Cameron, there that's a hell of a lot of money. It's like, you know, when you're 16, it's like 250 pounds or something mm-hmm. like that, which is it feels like the world, anyway. He, uh, like out of the blue, he took my address and like four weeks later, the Scotty Cameron putter arrived. Um, and I ended up using it the next year to win the Scottish amateur. And then three years later, I pulled it out when I went to the U.S. amateur. Um, like two weeks before the U.S. amateur, I pulled it out and I ended up using it to win the U.S. amateur. So it has got, he's, he's done me, he's done me a good turn they get me the putter and it's, it's rewarded me with a few good wins.
0: Well, you should have some good vibes then going and staying with him and, and kind of hanging out. What's your, what's your plan as far as practice rounds? It seems to be kind of a, um, with some of the amateur and younger players we've talked to, you know, they've, they've said, Hey, we're kind of cognizant of, of not going too hard on the practice rounds so that we're, we're not exhausted by the time the tournament rolls around. Is that kind of your
2: mentality? As well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's uh, getting there early, giving myself plenty of time. Um, maybe play like eighteen on a Monday, and then just you know nine and nine uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. Probably maybe go out on, on Sunday, but even just take a whole you know half day off and just chill a bit, do some gym work. Because um, i am fortunate I've been there and done it before, and you play eighteen holes on that. Tuesday or Wednesday, is going to take you at least six hours. Mm-hmm. So that's just, that's just like too much. You need to sort of rein yourself back, um, almost like kind of, maybe it's not the right analogy, but just like a, you know, a horse at the starting box, you need to pull, pull yourself back up plenty of energy. And when the gate goes, you know, you need to fly out that gate pretty hot.
0: What, uh, what did you learn? Your first US Open in 2000, 2007, that was at Oakmont? Yeah. What did you learn between that one and you played last year at Erin Hills? Like...
2: Uh, 07 was that Oakmont's the hardest course in the world. <laughs> uh, it just eats you up and spits you out. Um, it was really cool though, I I really enjoyed the challenge. Like I would, I would almost like it like that every week. I kind mm-hmm. of enjoy it when it's like pretty brutal. Um uh patience, you know, like don't chase stuff like sometimes bogey's not a bad score.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You just got to stay patient and stay positive because it can beat you up early doors and if it does that, then it just it it's got you before you've even started. So um just stay committed and for me like be positive, like take the driver out. Like I hit the driver straight, so just take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Um on the flip side, Aaron Hills was just the exact opposite. You're standing in tee shots and it's like bomber central on a lot of holes. Um, you just, you know, the greens were firm and slopy, but geez, it was so wide off the tee. Like, almost like, I know you talk about like angles and stuff, like the old course and access and pins, but this thing was like, there wasn't many tee shots. Bar like two or three where you think, geez, if I miss this, I'm going to be in the munch. So it was it, it was a funny U.S. Open last year. It wasn't it wasn't as intimidating, mm-hmm. which which I liked. I liked the open one setup a little bit a little bit more. You're coming off. See,
0: so last year British Open was your, I should say, Open Championship. I'm talking to a Scotsman here.
2: Yeah, he uh, yeah, just just made the you just made the fatal error yeah, yeah, we're gonna this we're
0: gonna, call's yeah. over. Yeah. Um, you finished t twenty two at at uh, Burkdale last year. Are, are things starting to click for you? you think, in the majors at this point? How's the game feeling right now?
2: Yeah, I'm quite. I'm, I'm, I feel like my game's coming around. I feel like it's just going to... Just trying to catch a bit of a spark and light it up. You know, the, if I get there and the course is the way I think it is, it'll it'll, it'll be right up my alley. Like, perfect for me. Just like Walton Heath. When I go into that qualifier, I know that I've got a good chance because it, it, the course suits my game. Mm-hmm. Um, a bit like Dale, Like, I, I kind of went in there and thought I was a lot more composed... A lot more, a lot more belief in my own ability because I knew the course. I know ex- I knew exactly what to do strategy wise, and I knew that it sort of plays in my hands because it's it was a links style course and there was a bit of breeze, especially on the Friday when there was a lot of breeze. So you know, I'd I, I just got to go in there it's a, a bit more bullish. I've got to have a little bit more of an American attitude rather than a pessimistic doer <laughs> Scotsman.
0: Um. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what's your schedule like I know you got you, are you going right back to Europe after this are you going to hang out in the states for a bit until until you head back over for Irish Scottish and...
2: um, I think Ger- Germany is going to be a little bit of a step too far to come from New York back to Germany and then you've got three Rolex events that are jammed full of world ranking points and and uh, and cash for the race to Dubai so uh, play US Open take the week off off I think we fly back on the Monday, and then I'll play France, Ireland, Scotland, and hopefully one of those goes to plan, i play good, try and get a spot in the Open.
1: Mm -hmm. Kind of switching gears, we've asked all the other guys the same question, so I wanted to ask you, Richie, is there a US Open you kind of first remember, and then two-parter, are there any US Opens like from when you were growing up that, that kind of stand out in your mind?
2: The, the the Corey Pavin the five the five wood with the, the what is it he used to have a clean, they have a Cleveland vase
0: yeah he was using those Cleveland it was like they were they like, were tied on with string on
2: the yeah they had like a funny hosel on the yeah. bottom of them and uh, so that kind of fa, that five wood that he hit going up eighteen with the clubface on the right you know trying to drop it in, and you know the moustache and the, the follow through and. Um, you know, he kind of, that's, that's kind of what I remember mostly of the, of the U.S. Open and then probably the Ogilvy win, the Ogilvy win when he, he beat Monty, um, and then the, the Mickelson shot into the tent and going for it over the trees, you know, um, that's, that, that's the stuff I kind of think of.
0: Yeah. You know, sitting at home in Aberdeen, Scotland, right now, like, do you do you hop on Google Earth? Do you do any prep before you get on site? As far as like, oh, I'm really excited to play this hole, or do you do you just kind of wait until you get there on Saturday or Sunday, and then
2: I've looked at the pictures, so I've kind of got an idea of, of of what you need. It's, it's it looks like it's going to be quite intimidating off the tee, um, and if it does play firm and fast, you know, sometimes maybe trying add a few a few sort of baby fades off the tee to, to hold the uh, hold the fairways. Mm-hmm. So I might work on that Friday with my coach, have a little bit of a word with him. But apart from that, it's kind of going fresh, um, trying, to, trying to soak up as much as possible. Even, you know, instead of playing and taking six hours to go around, just walk the course.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I think sometimes you take in far more just walking the course, um, especially around the greens. You know, I like walking... Up the, up the fairway and then do like a, a 360 around the green and see all the viewpoints and where not to miss it and where to miss it most importantly.
0: And then as far as practice rounds, do you do you typically, like for majors, do you typically, when you do play, do you play with others or do you kind of just go out and grind?
2: I probably, I like to do my own thing. I'm quite individual. I have like a sort of set idea, gym work and stuff. And if there's a few guys there who are teeing up, then great, I'll go out and play with them. But if not, I'm kind of I'm quite single-minded. I'm there to sort of get the job done and get the most out of my day, so that when Thursday comes, I'm kind of I'm ready, to go and prepared. I've done everything.
0: And any any plans to play any recreational golf while you're on Long Island, or just?
2: Well, my mates went there a few years ago on a trip, and they played some crackers. Like I've I've never played national. I would love to play national, because um, it looks pure. I've been to Maidstone. I've never played it. It kind of looks very British, very sort of uh, almost, almost Scottish in in, uh, in essence. So I wouldn't mind getting out there. My my friends are members at Sabonic and Atlantic, so we might come play there. But nationals, it's it's on the it's on the list. Okay. Na- national. I've never. I won't. I won't. I don't have any members there, but but, uh, is it Fisher Island? Fisher's Island? Yeah. That looks pure. That's Seth Rayner. My mate went and played there and it looks a joke. So good.
0: Uh, any of your mates coming over?
2: Uh, they're, they're on, uh, two of my mates are getting married this year. So they're on a major stag do push. Um, <laughs> they're, they're going to Ibiza. They came to Oakmont the first year and we're on the tee, like from six o'clock in the morning. um, <laughs> And they probably got in at like two or three. So there'll be a couple of guys that I know that are coming over to, one of them works in New York. Um, but not the not the the regular boys from Merle Aberdeen because they, they when they go, they go hard. That's what you
0: Sally know? said. Sally Sally uh, I perked up here, Richie, yeah, but do you, you know the going. do you know the brunch story from uh, from your mates when they were in New York?
2: Oh, the, the the when they had Shinnecock the next day, or was it? Yeah, was it, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was just my sponsor. Yeah, so one of, them, one of them's my sponsor's son. <laughs> they, they just went wild, and they were supposed to be a quiet one, <laughs> and turned up wrecked and just destroyed the pro shop. At Shinnecock.
0: <laughs> <laughs> destroyed They're the pro the, shop, meaning. Uh... Bought, bought oh, all the merchandise on the planet, or, or yeah, well, or puked all over the pro shop.
2: I think they uh, they had a few tacticals on the course. Um, had to hint the trees a couple of times just to <laughs> just to cover their <coughs> cover their bases.
0: Oh, that's awesome. awesome! We'll probably leave it there before we get into too, too much, much more trouble. Uh, we'll uh, we'll definitely be looking for your name. We'll be highlighted on the leaderboard. So. Um, but yeah.
2: I need the bump. That's what oh. I need.
0: We'll do all we can. Yeah. We're not sure if the if the we don't know if there's if a the trap, trap draw, draw bump or exists not. or not yet. Yeah, this is gonna be on the trap draw. So the
2: Yeah, I don't care what podcast is, I just want the bump. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Her. Oh that's good. We'll, we'll do our we'll best. try. Yeah, yeah, we'll try. All right, all right cool. Alright, dude. We'll talk to Take you soon. Easy. Thank you. All right, see ya. Thanks boys.
2: Cheers.
1: Alright. Uh that was that was Richie Ramsey. Appreciate him uh, taking time out for us uh, while laying in bed. I think one of the interesting things hearing him talk was how much he likes a really kind of traditional, difficult US open setup. It sounds like he's looking forward to Shinnecock because of
0: that. Yeah, I was a little bit disappointed he even qualified last year, to be honest. I think I think he would have he should only play in the hard US open. <laughs> he should have
1: qualified and
0: then Conscientiously object. Withdrawn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. That would have that would have been a... Withdrawn, your honor. Yeah. Uh, um, our next interview is with Will Grimmer. Randy's former neighbor. Yeah. He So he grew up in a house about four houses, four doors down from mine. Kind of a special connection for me. Will will be a rising senior at Ohio State University. Buck Tech. He's fresh off a fourth place finish individually at the Big Ten Championships this year. Uh, helped Ohio State finish runner-up. Garnered all, all Big Ten honors, scholar-athlete honors. Kind of a career accomplishment or a career highlight, I should say, for, for Will. He actually shot a competitive 59. He did that in 2013 at the North and South Junior Amateur at Pinehurst. Actually had a bogey in that round as well. Uh, this will actually be his second U.S. Open. Speaking of Pinehurst, he qualified. He got out of local and sectional qualifying in 2014. So we'll be rooting for Will. We hope you enjoy the interview. We're joined now by Will Grimmer. Will uh, came out of the Springfield, Ohio sectional. Actually was the medalist there, total five underscore. Will, thanks for, thanks for jumping on with us.
4: Oh, well, thank you for having me.
1: I uh, really appreciate it. Um, well, I guess where we should start is, how many times have you gone through U.S. Open qualifying now?
4: I think this might have been maybe seven. Yeah, because it was freshman year your high school, so... Um, it was the first time I tried. Uh, 2014 was my first sectional. I qualified for sectionals in uh, 14 and 15, and then 2018 uh, this year. Yeah, we're, we're I guess we're, we're two for three out of Springfield, so uh, I like it up there a lot. You've
0: done all, th- <laughs> Honestly, all three at
4: Springfield? I have, yep, all three times. Um, <laughs> it's It's been more of a struggle at times getting out of locals than it necessarily has been out of sectionals because it's a 18-hole qualifier for – limited spots and you know that's the thing of the nature of the qualifying it's you, you play good one day and you can or a couple of days and you can make your way to the open and you know you could have guys that are veteran tour professionals that have an off off round and you know they're out of the major so that's that's kind of the the beauty and the the beast of of the u.s open it gives anyone uh, a fair you know opportunity to get there
1: what was your mindset going into qualifying this year? Uh, kind of talk to us about yeah. the overall um, state of your you know, game. This year, did, you, did you have high expectations, or was this? I did. I did. Okay. I,
4: I felt really. I for whatever reason, I felt really good about this year. I can't really put a finger on exactly why, but I just had a really, really good feeling. You know, this this college season, sophomore year, I had a really, really good year. I, I won the Bearcat Invitational. Won a tournament. Uh, was you know made second team All Big Ten. Uh, we, we had a really good year as a team, and and individually, I, I had a really solid year. And, it's, and junior year it wasn't that it was terrible. You know, still still played pretty solid. But, um, I had a seventy two five scoring average. Did, didn't play awful by any means, but at the same time, uh, you know, really battled some things with, with with my swing and my game this winter, and, and was really just kind of struggling to, to really find it. And uh, you know, I really put together a, a solid game plan. I got back with my my trainer uh, Brian Hutzel, who I work with here in Cincinnati. And I really worked hard with uh, my my dad as well as my swing coach, Doug Martin. And we, and we really just put together a really good game plan over the past two months. And I've really, really honed in and stuck with it. And, uh, you know, I shot a 69 and made it out of locals uh, in Cincinnati. And then uh, just felt really good about things these last few weeks. have had some really good preparation and, and just knew that I know this golf course, uh, you know, as well as anyone in, in that field. And so... Uh, I knew that if if I just stuck to my game plan and, and kept it below the hole, which you have to do at a place like Springfield, I was going to give myself uh, some opportunities to score. And, uh, you know, thankfully I was able to do that.
0: It seemed like you kind of no doubted it too. I mean, it didn't seem like there was a whole lot of consternation or a whole lot of challenge in the round. Yeah,
4: I yeah. We, I only had early. two bogeys on the day. Yeah, never, never really gotten in into a bad spot. Um, you know, first two holes, it was kind of frustrating because I hit, you know, Perfect drives, perfect second shots. I'm I'm about 10 and 8 feet below the hole uh, on both birdie putts, and and I lip out, and I'm sitting here, Michael going, Man, you know, this is, uh, you know, out of the gate. Not that you ever want to panic, but I'm thinking, Man, you don't get that many great looks at birdie on this golf course. And so to have two just uphill putts right out of the gate that both lipped out, I'm thinking, Man, that could could come back to bite me. But thankfully, I. uh, Third holes a par three, and I hit a three iron at about twelve feet. Rolled that in for birdie, and then from there, that just kind of really, really got things rolling. We birdied five, seven, and eight. And at that point, I was four through eight, and uh, really from there, just kind of coast to the finish and, and made some some crucial uh, par saving putts um, down down the stretch, especially in that second eighteen. Keep the bogeys off the card.
1: So you talk about kind of really knowing Springfield and, and feeling comfortable there. Um, looking ahead to Shinnecock, I guess, uh, what do you know about Shinnecock? Have you played Shinnecock? And is there anything that you're focusing on between now and next week, uh, in terms of your game?
4: Yeah. So actually, um, I've, i so I've never been up there. I, I've played the only course up in New York really that I've played is, uh, is Wingfoot. I played there in the four ball back in 2016. Um, with Clark Gangle, a teammate of mine. But uh, this will be this will be the first trip up to Southampton and to Shinnecock. and so excited to see it. But um, Doug, Doug Martin, my swing coach, um, you know, he played on the PJ Tour for, for about nine, ten years. And he played in the 95 Open at Shinnecock. And just so, to be clear, he, he's, not, he's got the same, some...
0: not the same Doug Martin, the running back? The team Correct. The <laughs> back? Okay. Thanks <laughs> yeah, for d- setting d- the record d- straight. Different Doug. <laughs>
4: but uh, we actually – we talked on the phone last night for, for about an hour, and, and we're going through some aerials um, and, and kind of focused on some sight lines. I think the biggest thing that he kind of emphasizes, is, uh, as you guys know from, from going up there and playing uh, a few weeks back, you know, there's no trees out there, um, and you're going to be really exposed uh, with wind. And so um, I think the biggest things we focused on talking about last night were uh, picking great sight lines off the tee shots and then really paying attention to, to wind direction because you're going to get very exposed to the wind out there, the kind of those, those two things. And, and also just in our preparation next week, when we get up there hitting different, hitting different shots, trying to, you know, get out in morning and afternoon, uh, paying attention to the wind direction and how it's shifting. Cause it, you know, it could change by the hour. It could change by the day. And, and uh, you know, so I think those are kind of some of the biggest things we'll be focusing on.
1: Uh, have you made travel plans and and what's your have you made plans as far as practice rounds and all that? I was wondering if you could walk us through kind of your thinking along
4: those. Yeah, lines. Um, so we're we're in the process of it right now. It's it's been a hectic 48 hours because you know that's the thing you're qualifying. You know, this past Monday and you're and we already know we're going to be leaving Saturday afternoon. So it, we got basically six days to figure all this out. We've got friends and family that. Yeah. Come up and figured out, you know, what tickets were given to who and <laughs> at different things, and so it, you know, it's a little bit of a zoo, but it's it's yeah. a good problem to have. But uh, yeah, as far as practice rounds, I think the one thing that I really learned from. 2014 is that i kind of burnt myself out now at the same time i was a 17 year old kid playing us open like who wouldn't want to go play with you know i played with ricky fowler kevin tway and, and brooks kepka on monday i got to play with kenny perry on tuesday i played with justin rose on wednesday i mean who what 17 year old kid doesn't want to go go do that so i think the excitement of all that uh kind of overwhelmed me a little bit but i think going into this year you know i still obviously want to get the experience and the enjoyment out of it uh, we're already potentially looking into. Uh, setting up potentially a practice round with, with some guys, potentially Jason Day and and, and and uh you know maybe a couple others so so we'll we'll see if that can end up working out. But uh you know, I think for for me, you know, my mentality going into this is, you know, I'm a twenty one year old, you know, rising senior at high State and, and you know my, my plans are after college to, to return a professional. So while I'm still there to enjoy the experience, uh, you know, my, my goals and expectations are entirely different than they were four years ago because I'm just an entirely different player than I was then. More mature, uh, stronger, have more experience playing in, in bigger events. And so, um, you know, I'm still going to be enjoying it for sure. But at the same time, you need to pace myself, not get too burnt out early in the week to, to try to put myself in position uh, to make the cut and then to try to con- contend on the weekend.
1: Who's going to caddy for you?
4: So my buddy, Michael Misla, uh, he caddy for me actually back in 2014. And uh, it, it's kind of funny. He he had never carried me for me before. I had a buddy of mine, uh, also from Cincinnati, Alex Gruber, caddied for me in, in local qualifying uh, back then, and, and he couldn't make it to sectionals. So that was Michael's first time ever caddying for me with sectionals, and in 2014 at Springfield, and we shot 70 65, make it to the open, and we're driving home, and we're all excited, and you know, we're already starting to get you know messages on. Facebook and stuff from professional caddies and all this different stuff reaching out because you know word of mouth spread so quickly. And I just remember telling Mike, I'm like, Michael, you know what? We just got 76.5. We're going to the Open. I want to have a caddy that's a stranger. Let's go have the time of our life. And so he he came down to Pinehurst and uh, he's caddied for me a bunch since he's caddied for me in the USAM back in 2015 up at Olympia Fields. uh he's caddied for me in a bunch of, of qualifiers. So he's uh, very excited that we're going to be uh, making the trip back up for our uh, our second Open together.
1: Kind of talked about your experience at Pinehurst in 2014 just curious how your mindset and goals are different maybe this time around uh, going into Shinnecock
4: like I said you know when I qualified back in in 2014 you know, there was really there was really no goal or expectation
1: whatsoever I was just
4: excited to to, to be there uh, you know I was, I was excited to be you know I was the youngest guy in the field um, yeah you know, it just it, it kind of it shocked every uh, everyone else as much as it shocked me, and so um, you know this year I, yeah, I mean I, I wanna I wanna put myself in position. I think uh, making the cut, and I think I think trying to contend for for low amateur is, is definitely something uh, uh, that I, that I can strive for and, and, and try to do. So, uh, but the bottom line is, you know, we just need to take it day by day um, and and go figure out the golf course. Uh, you know, prepare. And uh, you know, just put ourselves in the best position to compete, and whatever that that is, um, by the end of the week, um, you know, we'll just we'll go from there.
0: Uh, TK Kelly texted me last night, a fellow Ohio State Buckeye. He saw your saw your tweet uh, that you were coming on with us. So he said, he said, you guys are having Grimmer on the podcast tomorrow. Uh, uh-huh, yes. That kid is an absolute riot. He can spout out golf history from the nineteen sixties, and he drinks ginger ale at night. Because, because Ben Hogan did it. Because it keeps your fingers swelling. Down. So, will you be drinking a lot of
4: ginger ale next week? That is a true. That is a true statement. <laughs> we might be if it's uh, if it's hot and humid. We might have a uh, we might have a couple ginger ales uh, in between the rounds. But yeah, uh, no, my, my teammates love to give me some 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 grief over some of that stuff. I uh, I love all the golf history and uh, I love studying all the. Champions of different events. I think. I think part of what makes it special to play um, in events like the U.S. Open for me is the fact that I think I do have such an appreciation of of the past and of of what it means to to be there and, and who all's come before me and, and those types of things. And so I think for me that, that that's just kind of a icing nice on the cake and, and just uh, really soaking all that stuff in.
1: What's your earliest U.S. Open memory? Is there one that kind of <clears> sticks out to you?
4: Kind of. I, I kind of. I kind of remember – I was probably only maybe three three or four at the time. I kind of remember Tiger winning Pebble in 2000. I know that sounds crazy to people. They're like, how do you remember? But I just remember sitting in front of the TV because I, I would tell – I've told guys before, like, I mean, I Tiger was just – I idolized Tiger as a kid. I think, you know, any junior golfer um, growing up in this generation did. And so I just – I mean, I would, you know – wear a red shirt in front of the TV and then watch him or be swinging a little club and and watch him. And so, um, I, I kind of have have shades of, of remembering that, but I definitely remember kind of starting to really pay attention to it by kind of 2004, five, six is when I really started remembering a lot of those, um, watching them on TV, you know, uh, 2005 would have been Pinders, 2006 would have been Winked Foot, 04, Shinnecock, kind of those, those two kind of started really, uh, resonating.
0: Any plans to play any recreational golf while you're up there?
4: Um, pr- probably not. Um, cause you know, we'll, we'll be leaving this weekend, getting up there Sunday. And then, you know, all, all of next week we'll, we'll be, we'll be spent practicing, you know, on Chundakot getting ready. And then, you know, basically whenever, whenever I'm, I'm done up there, whether that's Friday or Sunday, um, I'll, I'll be playing the Northeast amateur the following week, which is up at one of Moises up in Rhode Island. Yeah. So we'll be driving from, from, from there up to there. So, you know, outside of the open, pretty much the rest of the, the time will be spent uh, getting ready for that as well.
0: We well, you timed that up perfect. Alright, well,
1: Will, I think we'll uh, we'll wrap it here. Best of luck next week, and thank you so much again for your time. We, we look forward to following you.
4: Hey, thank you very much. Uh, appreciate it. And by the way, I just want to give a shout-out while we're on here to Eric Goodman, because that guy is the biggest fan of you guys and of all this, and, he, he you know, be not McAteebo here in town. Uh, he will want be glad that I said this. That guy is rocking the hat, the shirt, anything <laughs> with that logo. He can all the time. So that's a Goodman. Goodman's a good man, and uh, <laughs> he's definitely a supporter of me as well as uh, no laying up. And so I have to have to give him a little shout. But appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. And like I said, lo- love your stuff and, and support all this. So uh, thrilled that you guys gave me the time to be on here. All,
3: all right, thanks, luck. Will. See thanks. See you.
1: All right, that was. Um... Good interview there with Grimmer. I think Tron, you said if, if we were real journalists, we would have asked him what kind of ginger ale he prefers.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, people are gonna nitpick here and there, but we're we're just trying to do the best we can, Randy.
1: Do you have a favorite type I'm of ginger, a ginger ale? ale guy. Oh god, I love ginger ale. Really? Yeah, Verners. Verners. Yeah, I'm a Verners guy.
0: Is that kind of a, a niche brand?
1: I don't know how niche it is. Um, I just always had it when I would go up to my grandparents uh, up in northwest Ohio. So I know it's at least prevalent. Up in the Toledo area.
0: You know, it doesn't surprise me that you're not slurping down Canada Dry.
1: Canada Dry, can you know?
0: What's the other one?
1: GTFO. Um, well, there's like Dr. Brown's. There's some like real niche ones, of course. Um,
0: Randy I, hates mainstream <laughs> brands. <laughs> well, that's not, I don't know. Just the
1: scummy ones. Um, yeah, but no, I, I think Will... You know, my big takeaway from that interview, Will might be more mature than you and I. <laughs> yeah, Will and Curtis Locke need to hang out. They're both kind of like twenty-one going on a hundred and
0: one yeah. old souls. Um, student of the game, obviously eats Donald Ross courses for breakfast. It sounds like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just a just a well-adjusted, nice nice kid. Look yeah. Forward to seeing for, more
1: sure, for sure. For sure.
0: You're get you're you read on his game. He's not he's not all that long.
1: He's just, you know, it, relatively speaking, I, I think the strength of his game, he's very straight. You know, I, he's not going to overpower any golf course. Very straight, and then just, you know, short game chips and putts like a demon. So I think, again, kind of what suits him well for Ross courses. Just very tidy. Yeah.
0: Uh, all right. So our next guest, um, he's actually not in the tournament. <laughs> Unfortunately, which we think is, is kind of bullshit. Um, it's Chase Wright. He's a guy met a few weeks ago in Greenville, on the street in Greenville. and then uh,
1: He actually came up to you, if that's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He made me
0: feel like a celeb or like, something. Like, I think he was a fan of you. Yeah, yeah. Weird. But yeah, he's an Indiana alum. He's kind of bounced back and forth between the McKenzie Tour and the Web Tour the last few years. Um, he's playing well on the Web this year. Still kind of looking for that. Breakout win, but he's making cuts, and you know he's no stranger to the big moment. I think that's that's the big takeaway here. He was he had an exceptional performance in the 2017 Aruba Cup, which pits the PGA Tour Latino America against the Mackenzie Tour. You know, it's a, it's a team competition that kind of gets lost in the radar during football season, um, but I, I think it's right up there with with you know some of the some of the, like the Walker Cup and the Ryder Cup and the you know the the Eurasia Cup, definitely for sure. So. Uh, without further ado, here's Chase. He's talking about, he's the, I think, 11th alternate right now?
1: I think 10th. 10th? Okay. Yeah.
0: Anyway, either way, it's bullshit. We'll cover that a little bit more after. All right, so Randy, we're here with Chase Wright. Uh, Chase is currently driving, uh, so you drove from Maryland, from sectionals of Maryland to uh, Chicago?
5: No, uh, we actually hopped on a flight right after we got done. And then um, got here late Monday night. And just kind of chilled yesterday, and heading to Ivanhoe for the Web.com event. Pro Am today at twelve thirty.
0: So let's talk about sectionals. Are you first alternate? You went. You went and played at Woodmont. Up in right.
5: Rhode um, so yeah, I ended up being first alternate. We had a three for one playoff at the end of play Monday. Myself, Billy Hurley, and. I honestly can't remember the guy that made it, an amateur. Mickey, I guess he was Mickey from. DeMora. Yeah. He was, I apparently just graduated maybe from Liberty because he had a Liberty bag. Seemed like a nice guy. But Billy Hurley bogeyed the first hole. We both parted, probably like the hardest hole in the course that day. Number eight, they had lengthened it probably 80 yards from the last time they played there. And it was driver three iron the first two times and then driver five iron in the playoff had a good look on the first playoff hole and just kind of barely missed maybe hit it a foot by brush it in so Mickey and I both par the first hole Billy's out and um, Mickey hit it on the green and two on nine The uh, another good par four and I short-sided myself and made bogey and he's going to the U.S. Open and I'm the first alternate from that site Okay. Which, last night, I guess I found out some not-so-good news. They ranked that site 10th out of 12. What? <laughs> believe it or not. Yeah, can you believe that? How did they do that? I, I didn't even ask. I just kind of like, I was like, thanks, see ya.
0: So it was, I was, it was not very happy about it. <laughs> it was 53 for four guys? Or for yeah. Okay. Yep. You 53 shot, for four. You got 74 in the first round? Yeah. What was your mindset after the first round? Kind of like, hey, so, let's fire everything?
5: Yeah, not really. Um I wasn't really playing bad in the first round. I, I think I had five three putts, and 36 holes. So my putting was not <laughs> on par, but I I knew I, I didn't really look at many scores after the first round, but the wind was picking up. It was probably blowing 20, 25 in the afternoon. And you know those things. It's such a ton I guess you could say. You know, people get tired in the afternoon, kind of take it in. Um, so I got off to a hot start. I think I birdied for the first five of the second round and just kind of kept it going, had a, had one silly bogey, and then just played solid from then on in. And just after, like, the 12th hole, we just tried to get a couple more birdies, and we did, and unfortunately bogeyed the last hole to get in the playoff. And even then, I was still, you know, you're still pretty jacked up because you're playing for a spot in the U.S. Open, you know? <laughs> so... It was kind of like reset after sitting around for an hour. And I gave it a good shot. Just didn't really
1: fall my way. Did you give any thought to, like, withdrawing after your first round 74? I mean, did that thought oh, ever cross no. your mind? No, no.
0: You know, that, that's I'm, why I like you, Chase. Yeah.
5: Not much of a quitter. <laughs> yeah. um, and you're only, I mean, look, I mean, you're 74-74, but it's two over. I mean, you could be back to even par by the second hole, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, and there then you guys got with
5: 16 holes left to get it, even if you have to get to six or seven under. I mean, dude, I've mean, I made plenty of birdies in my life. I'm not, you know, obviously you don't want to be in that position, but, hell, it's game on, you no know. No laying up, man. That's why but you play. There's no laying up, that's right. No, I
0: saw guys withdrawing from some of the other spots that shot 60. 68, 69 in the first round and it's
5: just... Yeah, you just wonder what they're thinking. I don't, I don't know. Maybe they just don't really want to be there.
0: Our um, guy DJ has, has, has mentioned that, you know, there, there was only two or three withdrawals at your site and people... Yeah. People held off from withdrawing because they respected Billy Hurley the Third too much because he's a man of honor. <laughs> <you know? laughs> oh, That's great. Derby wouldn't um, let you withdraw either, right?
5: Right. No, no. We were there and you're me there for a reason and, uh... If you want to withdraw, just don't go,
0: I guess. <laughs> you so, know. so what does your personal history with the U.S. Open look like? Do you, you know, how many times have you tried to withdraw? How many times have you gotten to sectionals?
5: Oh, that. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've tried maybe six, seven times. I think I've made it to sectionals every time but once. Okay. Um, and like twice, like this year, I was exempt into sectionals. I think the top 500 in the world as of the deadline, you get a bypass the local qualifying. So I think this was my second time just going straight to sectionals and the other times I made it through a local and I remember my first year on the web I think I missed the local down in Florida.
0: So so how did you decide on this sectional? Have you well, this one before?
5: it was no, I had never even seen the course till I got there. It was just kind of logistically worked out. I mean, it was a four and a half hour drive from Raleigh and you know, you don't plan on really finishing early on Sunday, so you kind of want to get get there as soon as you can. And it just worked out. We ended up playing early because of weather Sunday in Raleigh and got there by about 8 o'clock, you know, got some food, went to bed, and woke up about 5 and did it
0: again. I'll be honest, man. I'm looking through these. I'm kind of shocked that, that
5: Can you believe that? There's like, like 30 guys with PGAtour.com. I was going to say, this was there.
0: like the de facto web tour and some pretty good amateur players too. Um, yeah, you know um, I mean? I'm kind of... Yeah, I'm a little startled by that. So, yeah. so they ranked at 10th. Does that mean
1: being the first alternate out of this site, are you the 10th alternate then at the U.S. Open?
5: Yep. Okay. So what what's going to happen is, I don't know, I've read this article about last year. They saved six spots for the top 60 in the world after this event, Memphis. And they're, the guy said they're planning on only two of them getting in. So basically I think the first four alternates are going to get in this weekend or Monday, which would move me to maybe like six alternates. Um, but that's why you'd want to be like fifth to seventh in the pecking order, you know,
0: because
5: yeah. once four of them pop open, then you're first or second. Yeah. I'm not even planning on being anywhere close to Shinnecock come next week. <laughs> Probably be more on a lake or something, <laughs> you know, enjoying the off week.
0: So being out on a lake, or do you plan on watching the tournament?
5: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure I'll watch it. I may not even be on a lake, but I'm gonna be doing something. My birthday's actually next weekend, and kind of works out. It's our last off week until like <laughs> December, it seems like. But
0: <laughs> it sounds legit, like you, you, know, you made kind of a business decision with a bogey on the last hole there. Maybe. <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe first no. things first with the Web Tour schedule. Rest up a little bit. And
5: yeah it works out either way and you know obviously the the bigger goal is to get out there every week instead of just one so it uh it'd be nice to be up there next week but if not you know i just got to keep pushing towards the uh top 25 so we can play out there all year
0: yeah uh well cool man well i appreciate your time
5: it's good to you got get, it you thanks have, guys
0: it's good to get kind of a kind of an alternate viewpoint you know everybody talks about you know the guys that are prepping for it but it's, it's kind of like hey you're in that limbo or you know obviously we didn't know about the 10 you know that yeah i didn't one, know about it till last while. night it stinks, but mm-hmm. fingers crossed for you you know maybe there's like a salmonella outbreak or something like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we'll do what we can on that front
5: yeah either way i think i'll be just fine
0: <laughs> sounds good dude
1: yeah <laughs> appreciate it chase thank you you got uh, it thanks luck, guys there you have another interview. Um, I think Chase was really good. Yeah, I, I just
0: I've got a bone to pick with the USGA. Looking through the the guys in the field at Woodmont up in Maryland at that sectional, for that to be ranked tenth of twelve sites, uh, I just don't see it.
1: I'm like you. I'm kind of shocked that yeah. it got rated tenth, but
0: yeah. You know, and then I I think it's worth noting too that the Japan sectional, more than half the field withdrew. Yeah. Uh, yeah, tough, tough kind of go of it for for Chase. Battled back after a, a mediocre first round and uh, really started digging there and then. Bogies his thirty sixth hole to yeah, it's tough playoff. You know yeah, so that's tough. Um, but you know, fingers crossed for him. We're gonna try to work on that salmonella poisoning been watching wild wild country on netflix a little bit there's maybe send a little norovirus up there Yeah, i got some tips on that okay cool yeah so um lastly uh last but certainly not least uh will's alatoris the z-man he's probably used to going last (laughs) in his life you know figured that he's we put him where he's comfortable uh so will is the 2014 u.s junior am champ uh back before they started giving the U.S. Junior Am champ in an exemption into the U.S. Open. This is actually the first year that they're doing mm-hmm. it. He went three and one at the 2017 Ryder Cup at LA Country Club. He's ACC Player of the Year this past year and uh, two years ago. Or two years ago, yeah. And he he turned pro this year and um, yeah, he's just kind of bouncing bouncing around, seeing where he can get exemptions and trying to sneak into uh, into Web Tour Finals. Kind of go from there. So, um, but yeah, we talked to Will a little bit about some of his Wake Forest connections and. Kind of how how he's prepping for the event down in down in his hometown of Dallas. So, Will, you won the you won the twenty fourteen U.S. Junior Am. So, you got a little experience with the USGA. Um, and but this will be your first Open, correct? Correct. Okay, so you uh, you qualified through the Brookside Sectional. One hundred and twenty guys for fourteen spots. I guess just take us through. How'd you how many how many U.S. Opens have you tried to qualify for?
3: This is my third year trying to qualify. I, as a kid, I was actually born in San Francisco, and so we went to the U.S. Open in 2000, and you know, Big Cat obviously had some fun there, and that was really, really fun to watch. Um, I remember a little bit of it, but um, this obviously being my third try, the first time I tried, I I think I missed it by a shot. Um, and last year I did it out of Dallas, which I quickly learned that you need to go to the bigger qualifiers because there's more spots, and especially go to the ones where the tour pros are because they could shoot even or one under in the morning, and some of them will take a hike. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. Good grief!
0: So you did Dallas the the first time you said, and then?
3: Yeah, I went to well, I went to Olympic Club the first time, missed it by one, okay. and then did Dallas last year, and I think like 11 under got in or something crazy. <laughs> So, and obviously this year, uh, I didn't think I had a chance this year. I was standing on 17T thinking I was a couple shots out, and then I asked my caddy, he was like, no, you're in by two. I'm, I'm like, well,
0: sweet. <laughs> Did you have a buddy caddy for you or local? Or?
3: I had a kid who uh, plays over at Ohio State, Justin Wick, um, and he grew up playing out of Brookside. So, I just had him take care of all the green reading at Brookside, and obviously it paid off.
0: Awesome. Well, yeah, you're, I mean, 20 20- – 20 WDs. Uh, some of the guys didn't didn't play poorly in the morning and still WD. Uh, yeah. Probably got off to a poor start there in the afternoon. So really, your next uh, your next couple days, what does it look like? Uh, you know, a prepping for Shinnecock, b getting all your travel arrangements going. Just kind of kind of walk us through the process.
3: Yeah. Um, you know, today I'm gonna do a little bit of work with my coach Troy Denton, um, and I'll do. a l- do about four or five hours with him tomorrow. Um, Obviously, just keep everything the same. I mean, that's the beauty of it is, you know, I always try to ask myself, like, you know, hey, if you're prepping for the Masters of the U.S. Open or, you know, the last term of your life, like, you know, how is this week going to change? And so I'm just trying to do the exact same thing I've been doing. Um, You know, the travel arrangements has been really funny to look at, you know, some of the house rentals and whatnot where, you know, the guys that are out on tour and they're, you know, spending – 10, 20, 30 grand on a house for the week. And I'm like, You got any Motel 8s up there? <laughs> oh my God. I mean, but I lucked out. I'm staying with a friend. He's got a house up there. Um, but I'll get in on Friday. They open up the course on Saturday. So I'll get in Friday night and just take one of the shuttles up on uh, Saturday. And I'll have uh, one of the local caddies uh, that a friend of mine helped me with. He's going to take me around on Saturday and I'll play Atlantic on Sunday. And then my caddy gets in on Monday we'll start doing some work over or some full-time work over at Shinnecock.
1: Do you have a big travel party going up with you? Like any friends,
3: family, or it- Um, I've got I'm, my mom and dad, and then I'll have like a, a guy who's technically not family, but I call him Uncle Cliff anyways. Um, but uh, I've got some friends and teammates that are up in New York, um, or former teammates that are living up in New York. So they're all – I know that they're all coming out. I've already had a bunch of people ask me for tickets, so it'll be a, uh, it'll be fun having a lot of friends up there, you know, just keep it light. I mean I know everyone, you know, Scotty Scheffler's a good buddy of mine and he's played in three, I think, and he just told me he's like, dude, it's just a zoo. But <laughs> yeah. you know, enjoy enjoy it and have some fun. You know, it's like at the end of the day you're just playing golf.
0: Smoking Scotty, big, big big fans here.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah. Have Scotty's you, a beauty. Have you played Shinnecock before? I haven't. I've played around there, though. Played uh, National, Friars Head, and uh, East Hampton. But, I mean, I'd, is it, like number six or seven at National Borders, uh, Shinnecock, and I'd, you know, peep through the trees right out of the fairway, and I was just like, oh, my God, this is, <laughs> this is, cr- this, well, just because you see the clubhouse up on the hill, and it's just like this, you know, it's like you're walking to the gates of heaven from there.
0: Any particular shots that you're you're working on or no,
3: not really. Um, you know, obviously the U.S. Open, you got to drive it straight. So, I mean, the next – I'll pay a little bit more attention to how I'm driving the ball. But, I mean, that was single-handedly the reason why I got through to get there was, you know, Brookside's a tree line golf course, and I was just absolutely smoking my driver, and that was – that's welcomed. I mean, Troy Denton and I have been doing a lot of work on getting my driving back to where – once was and it's been uh I've been really seeing the dividends of it now it's just trying to get the you know piece it all together
1: I was going to ask how how is your game right now kind of in a larger sense D- did you have high expectations going into qualifying or was it a bit of a surprise to get through
3: you know that's the thing about those about those tournaments is just like I said I didn't know where I was you know like I was six under going into 17 I birdied 17 after I I looked and I, I didn't think I had a chance. Like I thought it was going to be like eight or nine or 10. And the magic number there has always been eight. Like every year it's been there. Eight has always gotten in, whether it's in a playoff or it's one. And so I always thought that I needed to get to eight. And I was like, all right, well, I got to bring you the next two holes. And then I looked and I was like, oh, wow, I'm actually, you know, I'm in. So, you know, I, I did a lot of work on Saturday at Muirfield after I missed the cut. And, um, you know, worked hard on my wedge game just because I knew the courses were going to be you know a lot of wedges you know if you hit fairways yeah so you know I've been it's just you know it's just kind of a process right now where you know like at Muirfield I hit it okay I just you know I just found ways to screw things up you know where they hit a good drive and then hit a terrible approach and then you know there are a couple times where I'd you know driving and put it in the water and driving behind a tree and then make par it's like well you're not gonna do anything you know making pars in a pJ Tour event so you know that's uh you know right now it's just getting a little bit better with everything and you know Joel and beating is what troy keeps calling it you know just keep so just keep trusting the process and doing what you're doing and eventually it'll pay off
0: troy so, sounds like sam uh sam hinky
3: oh he's such a goof we've only been working for i think like maybe three four months now and i mean that kid that guy is he's something else he's really good at what he does but my gosh sometimes i feel like i'm hanging out with a 12 year old
0: so your home base is, is Dallas.
3: Yeah, I've lived here since I was nine.
0: Okay. Uh, what is so? What does the rest of your season look like, regardless of Shinnecock? Does it yeah, like you're you're kind of relying on some sponsored exemptions to get into PGA Tour events?
3: Yeah. Um, you know, I'm into Wyndham. Uh, obviously, it's the end of the year. Um, you know, I've got. Well, I think I've got two more exemptions that I can take. Um, excluding or including Wyndham. Um, but, I mean, from here, like, it all just depends on this week. Like, I think I'm going to go try to Monday for Hartford, obviously being up there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole year what I've been trying to do is kind of take the Bo Hostler out where what he's done – or what he did last year, he didn't have status until the middle of June. Like, I saw him Monday into the Air Capital Classic or Wichita. Mm-hmm. And he finished second. And then I think he had, like, a couple more top 25s. He got some status. I think he maybe had like one more top 10. And next thing you know, he's 25th in the money list and he's on the PGA Tour. And then he almost wins at Shell and he's almost in the Masters. So it's like, you know, I know that that's a, obviously the growth curve there was pretty short and pretty steep, but it just shows you like it, it, it doesn't take as much to get status on the web than it is on the PGA Tour. I mean, my goal for the end of the year is just to try to get into the web.com finals. Yeah. Um, and so that's where it's like, okay, well, you know, if I do well this week, then all right, well then let's spend a little more time on the PGA Tour and, and try to get it, get in a few events, two more events there, and make some money, and hopefully, you know, weave our way into there. We said this is obviously
1: your your first U.S. Open. Um, I'm mm-hmm. assuming is this your first major as well?
3: Yeah, first major. Um, it's nice, to, definitely nice to be inside the ropes.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Will you go in with you know, obviously the 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 goal is to win um are, are there kind of secondary goals or what what would be a successful week for you
3: you know honestly it's i know it's just such a it's kind of a lame answer but it's just get better at what i'm doing um you know it, like like i said with you know like troy so with the joellen beating it's just like just constantly get a little bit better every day and this week it's like okay let's just keep getting a little bit better and just keep learning. You know, I'm five, six months into my tour career. There's some guys who have won on the PJ tour at this point, you know, but there's some guys, you know, like Rosie who, what do you miss? Like 17 cuts in a row or whatever it was. And, yeah. you know, now you look at him now and he's, you know, obviously a major champion and, you know, one hell of a player. So, you know, like this week, just like I said, it's just get a little bit better and just make sure that I, you know, soak everything in and learn as much as I can because I know that it's going to pay off going forward.
0: So is that your biggest challenge right now is just, just like kind of the lack of reps, like just how sporadic everything is, and you just got to make the most of, of each rep just because it's yeah. a little bit inconsistent with, with when and where you're playing?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's hard, but, you know – it's, it's definitely hard on the playing side of things where it's like you don't know when you're going to get a start and then when you get that start you need to make the most of it and so that's why you know trying to stay ready constantly is you know all I'm really trying to do here um, you know the first I guess I've made one cut on tour one cut on the web and only played one web event and four PGA tour events and it's just like you know a couple of them I've gotten a month's, month's notice and a couple of them I've gotten a day's notice so you just have to constantly try to be ready and you know do everything you can every day i mean you know the end goal isn't for me isn't just to be on tour or whatever it is it's to win out there and be out there for you know 15 20 years and make the most out of what i'm capable of doing
2: so
0: who will you do you have any practice rounds lined up with like you know i don't know if you're close with the with like the other wake forest guys like you know billy haas or webb or like will you call curtis strange like do you have any kind of close relationships with any of those guys or anybody else out on tour? Yeah,
3: that's uh, that's actually really funny about Curtis because I just sent him a message seeing, because I know obviously he's up there with Fox, just seeing what he was doing on Monday or Tuesday. And if you want to come out for nine holes and just talk. But I'll probably play... Um, Bill and I share the same agent, and so I'm sure we'll play together. Um, I don't know Webb as well, but... Um, you know, obviously being a Dallas kid, I know Jordan a little bit. So I haven't really figured it out yet, but I know that, you know, I'll make sure that I'm with a, a couple of guys that, um, obviously been out there and experience. So.
0: It's funny. Actually, Solly is inside right now in the kill house doing a pod with Curtis strange as we speak.
3: <laughs> well, tell him to meet me for nine holes. Damn <laughs> it!
1: He kicked us out. We're recording this actually in Tron's car. Oh, nice. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, and then, I, I guess last question on my end is, is you know, having won the U.S. Junior AM prior, do you, do you take anything from that, having won a USGA event? You kind of know? What?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think more recently since I was on the Walker Cup team in, mm-hmm. in September, that's probably the biggest event I can, you could argue that I've ever played. I mean, in terms of the gravity of, you know, it kind of being the amateur version of the Ryder Cup, um they do run things a lot different it's very uh it has a very corporate feel to it and even in the u.s junior i mean it's like you've got 13 year old kids that are they're in there and you know they're i remember the year that i won the u.s junior there's kids on their like nintendo game systems i'm like are you kidding me like i'm playing against these guys (laughs) because i was because i was like 17 but you know at the same time it's like you know they make they make everything feel like it's a really really big deal and it is i mean you know obviously it'll be my first major but at the same time it's like you know it's just golf you know and so i think that's where it's a little bit different where you know like it seems like whenever you're there it's like everything's just like life-changing moment or whatever and it's like yeah i mean this will be my first major but you know i could go shoot 80 and the sun's gonna still rise tomorrow you know
0: so is that kind of why you're going to play in atlantic on sunday just try to like keep it keep it low key get off get off premises a little bit too and just
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm staying at this guy um, who I actually met through uh, playing a college event at Riviera. He's got a house up there. He's a member up there. And, you know, like I want to go see Shinnecock on Saturday, but I'm still going to try to keep it light. I mean, you know, one thing that I did learn from one of the guys on tour – who's won a major he said you know look i used to go out there and i used to play like i'd get there on saturday and i'd play 18 18 18 18 and by the time it's thursday i'm just exhausted Mm. so it's like if anything it's like let's just you know i'll go see shinnecock kind of let it marinate after saturday just so i know what i'm doing on monday and let's go have a little fun on sunday i'm sure i'll still go to shinnecock for a little bit and do a little bit of work and just kind of get used to the my bearings a little bit and then you know let's go have some fun if anything you know for sure. With how hard you know, with how hard I work and everything, I know eventually you know, as long as I don't get hurt, you know, I know that I'll be. Uh, this won't be my only one.
0: well Awesome. Well, we appreciate the time, man. Yeah. We'll thank you, you so much. We'll let you get back to no, the. No, putting, thank man. you,
3: guys. No, I'm gonna go take some money off Taylor Moore now. <laughs> oh, nice,
1: nice. And, and good luck next week. Yeah.
3: We'll Thanks, guys. You. Appreciate it. for you. All right, man. Yeah. Take care. yep See right, ya. See ya.
1: All right. Another another good one. I so, think one thing we kinda of whiffed on, we didn't ask him about Scott Fawcett. Yeah, DJ walked
0: in after we finished that interview and was like, Oh, did you guys ask him about Fawcett? I guess he's like Fawcett's prized pupil and He may have been like the protege. Yeah. Like he was like the originator kind of the Or the prototype I should case. say. Yeah, like the yeah.
1: The pro- yeah, the prototype.
0: Uh and Fawcett was like, dude, I'm just gonna tell you where to hit it like back in twenty fourteen and I guess I guess uh, you know he obviously won the U.S. Junior Am and stuff, but yeah, we uh, we'll we we'll own that one. We'll own that one. That's on us.
1: Yeah, that's on our research department.
0: Um, so yeah, there you have it. Kind of a variety of different ways the guys are preparing.
1: Um, yeah, I hope that provides kind of a, a holistic 360-degree view of of perspectives that you're not going to really find elsewhere too much this week.
0: So I think we've got we've got a few more just here and there, takes on the field uh, in general. I think the first thing that really stuck out was, you know, the fact that Jim Furyk and Ernie Els got special exemptions. They didn't do any special exemptions last year, um, which, you know, that's fine. If you don't want to do any special exemptions, that's fine. But if you're going to do some, the last special exemption they gave was in 2016 to Ratif Goosen. The Goose Man, At Oakmont, which he's won the U.S. Open twice. Again, no issue with giving a special exemption. But if you're going to give him a special exemption— Wait till Shinnecock, where he won the last time you, you played it here. Right. It just doesn't make sense to me.
1: So he's not in the field. It's a disgrace. I guess I didn't feel like they could double up on special exemptions for him this, this close together. I suppose.
0: I suppose. Uh, let's talk about one guy who is in the field. Kenny Perry? Kenny Perry.
1: So he's in. he won the U.S. Senior Open. Um. I'll be keen to see kind of how he's got his hat riding on his head. It's usually very high. It's supposed
0: to be pretty windy out there.
1: Yeah. (laughs) yeah, (laughs) Could pose some issues. Um, I I think tournaments are always better with Kenny Perry in them. He may be
0: one of the favorites, to be honest.
1: Quite frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if he wins going away. One of the best ball
0: strikers of all time. Um, Another guy not in the field? Yeah, Corey Pavin. Corey Pavin. He won... Back, uh...
1: 1995.
0: 1995. He, yeah, Randy made a good point, though. Okay, uh, Corey Pavin won using the most outrageous set of irons ever manufactured. Uh, and his special exemption should be contingent upon him having to use those irons this year as well.
1: Yeah, the, the Cleveland Voss irons, right? Um, I just remember they had that, like, decal... On the back, like very colorful. There was it's like, like some purple, purple yeah. and yellow Keep and the red. The pound. Yeah, um, I, I thought that would have been kind of cool for the USGA. It would have you added know, a little bit of texture. And yeah, invite Corey and say, "Hey, you can show up, but you have to bring your Voss irons. And if not, That's don't funny. bother." Yeah. So anyway, one guy I'm particularly interested—not so much in. How he plays, but how he's received is Patrick Cantlay. I think the the waggles, the time over the ball, the pace of play is starting to gain steam uh, amongst fans, other players.
0: It's a storyline though. It's
1: starting to become a storyline, and I think putting him in New York at the U.S. Open, like if if he's taken a minute and and thirteen waggles to hit the ball at the Memorial, like he might. He might take five minutes to to hit a putt at the U.S. Open. It could be a train wreck, and I'm looking forward to it.
0: It's less the waggle than it is about just... It's not really the waggle. It's just like looking up and weight. shuffling his feet. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's like he can't get comfortable. And the New
0: York crowds just aren't going to... They're not going to sleep on that.
1: Granted, you know, I think Shinnecock's probably a little bit more highbrow than Beth Page, but... It'll be interesting. Is it though? Well, oh, I don't know. You know. I don't know. It's I like just kind of throwing that at my ass. Right,
0: right. I don't know.
1: We'll see though. We'll yeah, going will be
0: interesting. Yeah. On that same note, I'm keen to see Alex Levy. Um, you know the freak. He's kind of a French assassin. I think this is good good prep for him for the Ryder Cup. I think he's going to lead lead our Euro team to to victory in the Ryder Cup in Paris in September. <laughs>
1: so. All right. Uh, well, we'll cut there. I think from an NLU standpoint, Neil might be our boots on the ground. I think he's planning to go out at least one day, maybe a couple days. Uh, Yeah, at least. Yeah, so we may get some stuff from him. But I think as far as kind of Kill House, our plan is we hope to do some live shows Wednesday through Sunday. So, you know, be sure to check those out. And then we're just going to be hanging either on the couch, maybe at a bar, just being fans this weekend. Looking forward to just watching a lot of golf. Consuming it the same way you guys are and... Watching wall-to-wall coverage. Hopefully be active on the social medias. Yeah, yeah,
0: the Twitter, <laughs> the, the uh, tweet machine.
1: All right, well, Mr. Jeezy's kind of giving us the eye, so we'll kick it to him. Cheers. See ya. See
3: ya.